Sarah McClanahan is a soon-to-be mom of two girls. She lives in Georgia with her husband and works as a school counselor. She is quite possibly one of the most positive and encouraging guests I've interviewed. And after giving a brief introduction about her life in high school, she first described an idyllic teenage experience. Sarah was involved in everything. She was the captain of the cheer squad. She had a wonderful home life and very supportive family. And then Sarah revealed the truth. She was bullied, majorly bullied, as in a Facebook hate page was created to bash her. At such a young age, Sarah questioned if her life was even worth continuing. She credits her mother as being the reason she's alive today. And now Sarah uses her horrific experience to make a very real difference in the lives of children. Welcome to Adventurous Disappointments again. I'm here with Sarah McClanahan. So, um, Sarah, we kind of got to know each other through a mutual friend, but I don't know a whole lot about you. So why don't you just start off, um, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Okay, so my name is Sarah McClanahan, and formerly, um, if you're from Arkansas, you might know me as Sarah Sutton. Okay. Um, I knew a lot of people with my, uh, you know, with my uh maiden name yeah, so sure. some people you know I'm only known in Georgia now for Sarah McClanahan but um, back home you'll know me as Sarah Sutton um, but I was born and raised in Arkansas I am originally from Camden Arkansas which is um, very south it's near the Louisiana border that's where I grew up I went to school there um, and I once I graduated there or from high school there mm -hmm. I went to the University of Central Arkansas where I got my bachelor's degree and my master's degree and then <laughs> um, I got married and I moved to LA lived there for a little bit and then can't wait we, to get into this stuff yeah yeah and so then um, we lived in LA for a year um, and then I, or we both moved to Georgia, so um, and we're still in Georgia right now. So that's just a little bit about me. Um, my family background, um, I have a small family. Uh, I have my mom and dad are wonderful. You know, when I was growing up, I always knew that I was safe and I was loved. Um, mm -hmm. They always showed a really good, calm, nice marriage. So that was, I was so blessed and fortunate yeah. to be able to you know, grow up in a home that was, you know, a very calm atmosphere. Yeah, sure. Uh, because I was, I was a shy kid. I was, I was kind of shy. So uh, for my personality and just being so sensitive as a person, it was perfect for me. And I have one sister, so okay. just a small family um, in a small town. Yeah, and I also um, I love. And every time I interview somebody, I feel like there's always some connection. You and I went to the same undergrad, and um, we also were both in education. And apparently, we were like in the same building for several years together. And oh yeah, little did I we know. We lived in that education yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy to think about. But um, are we? It's like funny when I think about it because my um, licensure for teaching is actually like pre-K through 12th grade. So I did like a wide array. So I was like thinking about it later. I'm like, did we have a class together? But it's been so long now. Um, who knows? But we could have. We, we could have. It's crazy to think about, right? <laughs> 
All right. So why don't you talk about you? You've mentioned a little bit about your family, um, but why don't you talk a little about, you know, like your your family life as far as like, you know, what was day to day life like growing up? What is this background that you came from in Camden, Arkansas? Like, what did that look like for you? Um, so growing up, like day to day life was being really fighting with my sister that was six years old, six years older than me. Oh um, yeah. I always wish we would have been a little closer in age. Yeah. But, um, arguing with her over the computer because that was back during that time <laughs> where you had one phone, one big brick computer. So we were always arguing over who was going to get on the phone, who was going to get on the computer. Um, but other than that, um, it was. Uh, my mom and dad both worked. They yeah. were very busy um, because they were working all the time. So I was around my sister a lot. Um, but just a small town feel, a small town vibe. I was a cheerleader in high school. I was the captain. I mean, so just kind of that, just typical small town cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I was involved in all the clubs that you could be in um, because yeah. I love being involved. Um, which led to pageantry later down the road for me. But uh, just being involved in everything, you know, something was going on at the school, I was probably there. Yeah, and I'm guessing you're a little bit of an extrovert. I feel like just, I love it. Like when I get to talk to everybody I interview, I get to, I try to call them ahead of time and we chat for a while. Um, And it's like so nice when I can talk to somebody and they're like, I don't know you, but I can talk to you about stuff. Sure, that's fine. So... (laughs) Um, yes. and some of that evolves over time as you get older. Like I certainly wouldn't have said I was necessarily that way in high school, but, um, but anyway, okay. So that's great. So let's talk about, so you were pretty, um, active, like in high school, just being involved in different things. So let's talk about your goals growing up. I mean, I do think it makes a really big difference the way your family dynamics are, um, for some people, they have these like great role models at home. For others, they don't. And that's what kind of pushes them. Like what what goals did you have? And did you know what you wanted to do? What was it looking like when you were younger, into high school, that kind of thing? Yeah. So um, whenever I was younger <laughs> in high school, um, my goal, like my primary goal was to go to college because mm-hmm. I was the first person, you know, my parents didn't graduate college. So I was going to be the first person in my family to graduate from college. That was my goal. You know, that was my just, you know, I've got to go to college. And you have a master's now, right? I do. So you did it. You more than did it. (laughs) Yeah. I I did the cherry on top of that. Good job. My parents are still so proud to this day. Um, I'm the only, you know, the first person from our family to graduate with a college degree. So it was a really big deal. Um, that was my top goal that and then um I think just uh doing something with kids I love kids I didn't really know what I wanted to do with kids um Mm -hmm. until I got to school and kind of had a feel for what I wanted to do but I was a um I taught dance growing up at my sister's dance studio um and so I love being able to work with kids I was also a swim team coach so anything with kids I was involved yeah uh, helping and teaching instructing so I knew something with kids I thought maybe teaching, but I was like, oh, they don't get paid enough. So I don't right. know if I'm going to do that. I heard that. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I wasn't really sure, you know, what I wanted to do. I just knew that I was going to be working with kids. Yeah. Gotcha. And I think it's really worth noting the going to college, finishing with your degree. And, of course, you went on to graduate school. 
I really think it's important because, you know, we kind of have this idea. I think some people do this idea that it's just something you do. Like it's just a checklist, but depending on how you grew up, like that's not necessarily the case. Like depending on your family, it might not necessarily have been something that you've seen before. Um, and I, I think that's really interesting. Like I really appreciate someone saying, you know, this was important to me. Like this was not necessarily a given for my family and like I wanted to do it. And I think there's a lot of people probably who like wish other people knew that, you know what I'm saying? Like (laughs) it's not necessarily something that everyone does, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. For me, it wasn't an option. It was like, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get my degree and it's, it's going to happen. There are any questions about it. It was going to happen. Sure, sure. So talk about who you would consider to be your role models. It sounds like you have really great parents and they're clearly very proud of you. Um, You have an older sister too. That makes a difference as well. Yes. um, I've got wonderful women role models in my family and I'm Mm -hmm. beyond blessed to have that. I know a lot of people don't. um, But my biggest role models would definitely be my mom. of course, because she she taught me how to be, um, you know, a very sensitive, but also think of other people's feelings every day. She taught me just to be a good, kind person. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was um, in kindergarten, my um, job was um, to help a child with disabilities. So mm-hmm. that was like my number one thing in kindergarten, you know, that I was assigned to help do, like yeah. my helper job every day. So, um I think just the way she raised me just to be a good person and just to think of others before myself and just to serve others. Um, and then my mother-in-law is amazing too. Um, I've learned a lot from her, you know, in the past few years. And um, I, I just, I'm so blessed with wonderful women in my family that have really shown me, you know, how to be independent, but also how to just be a good person and to mm-hmm. disagree appropriately with other people I think that that's a big deal in today's society a lot of people fight about things and yeah. and I am such a peacemaker I I just want everybody to love each other and to get along which is probably a reason I'm a school counselor now sure. but um they just taught me you know how to just watching them they just really taught me um how, how to be a just a nice person to other people and how to reach out to other people when it might be uncomfortable um you know, but just, just to be a good person. And I think that that's, um, that's hard to find in today's society. So I, yeah, I've actually talked about, we were doing this training at school and I was talking about this with some other uh, coworkers. I think there's this idea, uh, right now. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say it's brand new idea, but kind of that like women are supposed to be aggressive. Like if you want to be accomplished, you have to be aggressive And if you're independent, you have to have that same attitude as well. And I'm just by nature, that's not me. Like I'm not one who feels like I have to go at it to get something that I want. And it's, I really appreciate it when I hear other women say that, like I was taught to be a servant, like I was taught to be kind because that is something that a lot of people tend to associate as like you're not a go-getter. Like you're not successful if you do that. Like you need to be looking out for yourself, number one. Um, so I don't know. I think that's great. Like that makes a big difference if you have women who are like, there's a way to be successful and to be independent, but also to be um, like respectful of others, right? 
Right. And I know that some people view that as uh, being passive or being weak, yep. but not at all. You can be a go-getter, but you can also be a good person and also get what you want. Um, I think it's all about the way that you do it and all about your character and how you do, you know, how, how, how do you get what you want? Well, you get what you want to me by being a good person and learning how to you know, agree to disagree, and that's okay mm-hmm. because we're all we're all different people. We're all going to have different opinions at the end of the day, um, and that's okay. And I think that that's a, a big part um, that's playing today in our society that I wish we could fix. <laughs> you know, is it's okay to not have the same opinion? And that, this that's is fine. That's yeah. This is literally <laughs> like what you do for a living. You're a school counselor, and I can imagine. You work with children, and I'm sure what you see all the time is how helpful this would be if adults would um, take some of this advice, right? (laughs) Most definitely, because I'm on Facebook and Instagram, so I see that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, I've got to quit looking at it because I've I've really had to, you know, dial back on how often I look at social media because of that, Mm -hmm. because I'm trying so hard every day, like you're saying, with kids to ingrain in them that it's okay if you feel this way and you feel this way, that's perfectly fine, that's normal. You're who you are, but that's what makes you who you are, and that's a great thing to be different, and I think that that is something that adults, if we could all, you know, all adults can learn that it's okay to have a a different opinion and still love each other, um, then our world will be a much better place. I tell you what. That goes to my peacemaker mode. Yeah, (laughs) if. It's so true. If we looked, and I say this, like I teach teenagers, if we looked to like children so many times and how they interact as adults, oh my gosh, we could learn some lessons for sure. Most, uh, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about success. So um, I love that you're a school counselor. I think this has got to shape the way you look at success. I was just Um, I was having coffee with somebody earlier today and we were talking about success um, because, you know, it's so it's so difficult. I think Um, there's this weird balance, right, where we want to like we strive for success. We want this. And um, and it's not a bad thing to want to have a higher degree, to want to make more money, you know, to want to be able to purchase things that you didn't think that you would be able to or to have a higher title or whatever it is like that's not a bad thing. I think what happens is we let that control our worth, maybe. And so I've asked so many people how they define success and it has been all over the place. Um, and so I'm interested in your kind of your takeaway because you did go into education. So I know that has a, a huge, uh, you know, role into this. Yeah. So my idea and my de- personal definition of success is being better than you were yesterday. Oh yeah. And I say that because, um, I faced that as well. Like thinking, Oh, I should get a doctorate or I should get my specialist degree. Yeah. You know, when honestly I, my goal was just to graduate from college yeah. You know? yeah. and I ended up getting a master's, which is amazing. But at the same time, you know, I wanted to keep going. I was like, man, it'd be so great to have that EDS by my name, the mm-hmm. specialist or mm-hmm. to have doctor in front of my name. But then at the same time, it's like, why am I, you know, making this such a big deal? when that doesn't determine my success. So it's basically I'm just going to school longer. Um, so that that's pretty much what it is. Uh, but it, it's just that I think that's that complex of having that behind or in front of your oh name that gosh. makes you feel great, you know. But 
at the end of the day, I had to really think, do I want to be a mom because mm-hmm. I'm at that point in my life or do I want to pick school? Well, I pick a mom all day, every day over school yeah. um, just because that is where I'm at in life. That is in my, you know, my, my family's the most important thing to me right now and they always will be, mm-hmm. you know, so I just, I think success is just finding who you are as a person, first off, and then just being better than you were yesterday. I listen to podcasts, even if it's a 10-minute snippet every day of how to be a better person. And I always tell kids every day, you can be better today than you were yesterday, even as an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, I always strive to be better than I was. That, to me, a definition of success. I love that definition. That's so good. I haven't heard anybody say that because it is really easy. I actually, I, I was in my head, I was just thinking about this. When I was in grad school, I had a professor who, because a lot of us at the time we were finishing up and a lot of us were going to go on and get our PhD. I definitely thought that's what I was doing. I went out to DC to interview at some schools. I was hundred percent certain I was going to do it and ended up not. And I remember he told us, and this is somebody with a PhD. He said, Oh, most professors aren't really any smarter. They just have more stamina. They can just last longer in school. And it was so funny that he said that. And of course, there's a there's years of research that they, they learn a lot. I just thought it was funny because even he was like, I'm not any better now, you know, and it's and it's true because it is like it is easy to think. But if I have that, then I have something to show for it. Right. Like we want to have things that prove that we've accomplished something over the years. Um, And I'm guilty of that, certainly looking like over time and being like, what have I done? What have I accomplished? But you're right. Like you do have to look at it. Like, just look at yesterday. Have I done something good since yesterday? Then I've done something successful. That's, that's a good way to look at it for sure. Okay. So um, this is one of my favorite questions to ask. And I always say this because I am I am so in one of these categories. Do you see yourself typically as an optimist or a pessimist, or do you see yourself as either? Okay, so growing up, um, I would say, or I would say kind of college mm-hmm. for me. I was more of a pessimist because my attitude was always, okay, think of the worst because that way I won't just be disappointed when yeah. something doesn't work out. Almost like set the bar low. Yeah, I said it low, For expectations. So I won't be disappointed. Now in life, I would say I'm probably one of the most optimistic people you you will ever run into. I would say so. <laughs> yeah. And I say that um, just because um, I have really trained my brain. I've really trained my brain um, by listening to podcasts every day, by listening to little snippets and things to be able to focus my brain on you know, things that are positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned how to, especially with everything crazy going on in the world today, I've learned that if I see something, if I read something that like bothers me, that, mm-hmm. you know, starts to get me upset or mad or frustrated, I automatically stop. Yeah. I don't even look at it anymore. And I readjust my focus because what you do every day and what you think about is what's going to come out. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I just I always think about it that way, just because if you're looking at negative things all day, you're going to be negative. So but if you read positive things and you fill your brain with all these good things and positive thoughts, 
then you're going to be more optimistic. There's that garbage in, garbage out kind of saying, right? Yeah, you're right. And and you have kind of the, you have the research behind this too, right? Having a master's in um, counseling, I know has had a huge effect on you. Yeah, that's so true. My gosh, for everybody is, and I am convinced that some of the most negative things that we take in, we don't realize are, right? Like, I think that we see, especially, and I, I use this example, but a lot, but like, I think just simply getting on any like social media app at all and seeing how we've all sort of like, um, like we present what's good. And I get that. Like, there's nothing wrong with showing the happy, good stuff. But when it's all you see all the time, um, it can give you a false sense of like insecurity for yourself. Right. And, yeah. and that's like, that's like, I don't know. It's just an interesting. That. Yeah. I mean, we all are. And again, I don't even know like what's right or wrong there because it is good. Like I do like seeing the good things going on um, in other people's lives. I think we don't realize though, how over time it does get to you because you're like, Oh my gosh. I wish I were that perfect. <laughs> right? Right. Or I wish I had that much money to go on a vacation this many times yes. per year. You know, like different little things like that. I'm guilty of that. It's so true. <laughs> I have I have heard so many times like friends will be like, okay, do you think they like inherited some money or what? <laughs> like you do a breakdown of where they're getting their money and you're like, they've got to have some sort of like side business. Because you, you like in your head, I don't know if this is like being an adult, is you're like, no, I've, I've done the math about this other person's <laughs> life. It has no effect on my own and it doesn't add up. <laughs> right. You're like, how can they afford to go and do all of these things all the time? You know, or in my, you know, now having a toddler, it's, wow, how do they have time to fix their hair, put on makeup, to go do something, you know, go out. I'm like, Wow, how did you have time to do that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're so right. It, it is like there's – and for each person, it's different, right? Like we each have our own things that almost like get to us that you you look at people. And it could be the just most ridiculous thing ever. But there are those little things that get to you and you're like, I don't understand. I just don't get it. How does – anyway, it's so stupid. But you're right. Like I just notice things, even like simple things like – their nails always look so good. Like, how do they have time to do that? How much does that cost? And I'm like, why do I care? Like, why am I obsessing over this? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, okay, so we've talked about a lot of the positive things, and you really are a very optimistic person. Um, so I really appreciate that you're willing to share about disappointment. When we first talked, I loved that your first reaction was, that you and your husband had talked kind of about this idea of this podcast and you were like, oh, we've had major disappointment. And I think that's so like healthy to be like, oh, somebody else wants to talk about this and wants to listen to it. Like, yeah, I've had a lot of things happen. I'm totally willing to share. So really appreciate that. So let's just kind of talk about it. Like what has disappointment looked like in your life? Okay. So, um, Disappointment started for me in high school, mm -hmm. um, and I was bullied so severely in high school. I had to change schools my senior year. A lot of people might not know that, wow. but I, I changed 
goals my senior year. And remember, I was involved in everything. I was the yeah. captain of the cheer squad. I mean, I was involved that is in all. Wild. And do you think that the people that you were in high school with did they realize why you changed schools at the time? Um, I I I think that they started to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was a big ordeal because I mean it involved social media as well. Yeah. Um, this is back when Facebook had just started. Oh, I was going to um, say, this is a totally different kind of social media, too. This is my high school yeah. time, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, this is when Facebook was just the main thing that um, yeah. had just started. Um, but there was even a group, you know, about how much people hated me. <laughs> so, Are you I, kidding you know, me? This is... So it, it was very hard for me. Um, I don't think I knew a lot of coping strategies because I was just always a happy person and everything was great mm-hmm. and, you know, my family life was so great. And, and you're also a I, teenager. I, like, that's not easy to handle anything. Yeah. You're trying to figure out who you are. And mm-hmm. um, it was just such a horrible time for me that, I mean, I just honestly remember sitting on you know, my living room floor and crying to my mom, just saying, why am I here? Like, what am I doing? Why am I even on this earth anymore? Everybody in this town hates me. I don't even deserve to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talk about breaking your family's heart, you know, to hear that. I can't Mm -hmm. even imagine now as a mom, how that would feel to have your own daughter say that. Um, But my mom went above and beyond to make sure that I knew that I was loved and would do anything for me to be happy so I mean this is when you know if I didn't have the mom that I had Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd be here today and I'm just being honest when I say that I really think it's worth noting um anytime I talk to anybody about disappointment that the people you have in your life makes a huge huge difference and I have talked to several people who have said that exact thing they're like I'm not making um light of this this is very serious I I'm here because I had at least one person, you know, I had a family or I had these friends that, um, or these mentors or whatever. And if I hadn't had that, it would not, I wouldn't be here. And I really think that's important to highlight um, because I kind of learned, um, and I, this may sound weird, but like, I really try to, if I see um, like on Facebook or whatever, if I see somebody who almost is like a cry for help, everything they're posting, I try to make a point to send a message or something because you don't know if those people have nobody, right? So obviously exactly. it made a huge difference having your family. Yeah. So my mom growing up, she just instilled so much in me of being independent and not, I guess not caring about what other people think, which is very, very hard when you're a teenager. Yeah. You can tell a teenager that all day long and, (laughs) you know, in one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just, she really instilled in me that I can sit and cry and have a pity party (laughs) or I can do something to make a difference. And so that's kind of when my service of, you know, serving others kicked in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another reason I went to the University of Central Arkansas because it was about two and a half, three hours away. I was like, clean slate. I don't have to see these people anymore that have made me so miserable. Literally, um, literally me. Like, I remember being like, everybody went to the U of A, which was very close to where I lived. And I was like, oh, actually, I'm going to go the opposite direction. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't, like, I wanted to have a clean slate. I wanted to meet new people. Yeah. Um, and that's what I did. I mean, I just, I started fresh and it was such a great experience. And so then in college, 
I use that hurt and that disappointment to, you know, launch me into, you know, what ended up being pageantry. I didn't know that that's what I was going to do. My mom really didn't want me to do that because my sister did pageants growing uh-huh. up. And so it was like, a, you don't, you're not going to do pageants. So this is not something that you started doing at a young age. No, not at all. Um, I mean, I, I started, you know, to really decide in college, like I want to help other people that went through something similar. I didn't want people to hate high school as much as I did. That's not normal. Um, And when I say I hated high school, I mean, I missed my senior prom. I missed my, Mm -hmm. you know, homecoming. Like, and that was a big deal back then because it was only a senior prom and only seniors made homecoming court. I mean, so I missed these big life events that were a big deal in high school. And I just kept thinking, I don't want other people to hate high school like I did. Like, I really don't. So how, what can I do? And so I just started um, speaking to different schools in the state of Arkansas, luckily, which was amazing. I ended up being able to, you know, reach over 2000 kids about bullying and its effects. And, and, you know, what do you do? Like, and how to not be a bystander? Because I always think if I would have one person, you know, that just would have been on my side or just to be my friend, you know, that my whole high school experience would have been completely different. That's, gosh, you you really like hit the nail on the head. We have in our school cafeteria, we have this sign up and it is so impacting to me. It was, um, it's a quote from a Holocaust scholar and it says um, that, thou shalt not be a bully, thou shalt not be a victim, but above all, thou shalt not be a bystander. And I tell that to my students all the time because I, you know, I actually was just talking about this week with them. I'm like, the absolute easiest thing to do is to be a bystander, right? Like, like it's not really that difficult to not start something. Like most people really aren't starting bullying themselves, starting a fight or whatever it is. And it's easy to go under the radar and have um, almost like blend in so that you're no longer the victim. Right. And then, but I just think the absolute easiest thing to do is to just sit there and let anything happen and not stand up. It's really hard to not be a bystander, but it makes a big difference if you, um, you know, you say it really does. Like I said, it would have changed my whole high school if I just would have had one person mm-hmm. that would have been, you know, not have just been a bystander. Gosh, it's so true. Um, but that was a big disappointment leading into college. You know, then I turned that disappointment into actually being, you know, a teacher. Mm-hmm. And then and I turned that into <clears throat> being a school counselor because I just thought, oh, my goodness, if I could just do something you know, to end bullying, which I feel like I truly have. It does start in elementary school. Oh, absolutely. Um, We all have these stories and these memories of like people at a young age who are just mean to us. And I know, you know, that a lot of that has to do with home life and all of that too. Oh yeah, most definitely. And so that's where, you know, what planted that seed for me to become a school counselor. And oh my goodness, it's the best feeling ever to be able to, help kids love and want to be at school because I just remember a time, you know, in high school where I was like, I do not want to go to school. Please don't make me go to school. And I do not ever want a child to feel that way. Um, And I think when you give them that strong foundation as a kid, you know, to not be a bystander, to, you know, to stand up for other people um, Mm -hmm. and to do what's right and just to be a good person. I think that 
uh, you've really set the stage for, you know, going into middle school and high school. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I really take my job seriously, but I also, you know, I look at it as such a privilege to be able to go into school, you know, go to work every day and get paid to help kids every day to make them want to be at school, which is so awesome. And and I just want to add in too, so another big disappointment I had was actually becoming a school counselor and I was a teacher at the time in Georgia mm-hmm. and I was ready to make that transition. Um, I had finished my master's degree, you know, it was time for me to be a counselor. I was yeah. so excited. I knew that's what God's plan was for my life. Um, and I took this job in Georgia as a, as a teacher knowing, you know, that the counselor was actually going to leave. Yeah. And so I yeah. was just slide into that position. Is what well, you had already told. figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was told as I was hired. So I was like, this is so perfect. Like it's a God thing. So, um, as that counselor moved, um, my boss at the time, um, there was like one person in the whole district that was wanting to change schools. Mm-hmm. And, that one person, since they were a transfer, ended up getting the position. Um, and so that was a moment where I just remember I just cried and I cried and I cried. Mm. And I was just like, you know, what has happened? Like, I know that this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to do in life. And I moved here specifically for that job, you know, so I could be a counselor. And so I just remember going home that weekend and I was like, okay. You remember, like, back in high school here, I can sit here and cry and, you know, be poor pitiful me, or I can do something about it. And I spent my whole weekend applying for jobs, and um, within a week, I had a a principal call me um, to want to interview me, and I ended up getting the job. And that's um, actually, you know, where we're living today. Yeah. and how my husband, you know, got the job that he has and different things like that. And so little did I know, God was, you know, planting these seeds and changing everything along the way, even though I was so disappointed, I was so upset, you know, I was just, I just, I just had to use it though. You have to learn how to use a disappointment because you you think that, oh, you know, this is my plan and this is the way it's going to go. And God throws the curveball and he's like, no, that's not where you're going. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I look at it now though. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. You know, that I listened and I did and I prayed and I did what his plan was and not what my plan was Mm -hmm. because my plan wasn't anything like I, you know, thought it would be. Yeah. I think that, um, gosh, this has got to be so relatable to everyone because, I think that we tend to assume as human beings that if we're doing something for good, like if our decisions, our plans that we have are to help others to do good, like you had in your head this job lined up to be a school counselor at this school where you knew the kids, right? Like it just logically (laughs) makes sense that that's what should happen because you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart. And I think that's so hard for anybody to accept whenever it doesn't work out because you're like, you know, it's easy if you're doing something for selfish reasons, it's, it's like easy to accept, like it, it didn't work out, you know, but when it's for, um, like a selfless reason and you think it will help others, it's really hard. And that moment of like crying 
it's very relatable to just be like, I don't get it. Like I, and I'm assuming, how long were you, were you at the school for a year or had you been there longer? Yeah. So I was only at the school for a year just mm-hmm. because we had lived in LA. Yeah. Um, and so we moved to Georgia because I got that job because I wanted to be back in the South. Yeah. And I was like, I miss the South. I miss, you know, yeah. being at least a little closer to home so we could at least drive home and not have to fly. Right. So that was my first job. And you know, when, you know, that at that time, the principal had mentioned it for me, oh, yeah, you'll just slide right into that position. It'll be perfect. So you'll spend this whole year, like you said, getting to know the kids. Yep. So I was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. You know, what a great transition. And then when it didn't work, I think a lot of times it's easy to be mad. Um, what I was thinking about is you were talking about being angry. And I think one of the coping mechanisms that we kind of instinctively use is blame, um, which, you know, I'm sure all about this, but blame almost uh, makes us well, and it's temporary, but temporarily makes us feel um, better. You know, like when something, if you can find somebody to be mad at and angry and to blame, it's pretty easy for us to do that, right? (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. And at first, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, but yeah. then I had to realize, you know, it's not his fault. Yeah. This isn't God's plan for my life. I'm mm-hmm. going somewhere else. I just don't know what it is, where I'm going, what I'm doing. But I had the attitude of where I'm not going to be a teacher again. Yeah. Because I am meant to be a counselor. And I know that that is what God wants me to do. So, like I said, I went home. I applied for all those jobs. And it mm-hmm. ended up working out. And it was a, oh, wow. I'm so glad that happened the way that it did. Yeah. Uh, It it couldn't have worked out better. That's Um, great. Yeah, my husband even says he wishes that he could write a thank you note to the principal. (laughs) Because it changed our lives so greatly. Such a difference. it turned out amazing. Yeah, and it's, I was thinking about, like, you taught there for a year. I know that was a year of you knowing in your head, like planning mentally for being the school counselor there. That makes a big difference. You know, people don't think about that. But when you're working towards something for that long, other people around you in your life may not see it that way, right? Like other people may just from the outside see it as, um, you know, you're at the school. Oh, then you apply to be the counselor. You didn't get it. You got it somewhere else. No big deal. They don't necessarily see, right, that for this year in your head, that was going to be the plan. That's what's going on. And I think that's so important because there's a lot that we tend to, we're working for, we're planning that not everybody else sees. And when it doesn't work out, it's, it can be damaging for a little bit, you know, because you did, like, it's like in you, you thought that was going to be what it was for so long, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had gotten to know all the kids on a whole nother personal level just because I knew I was going to be their counselor. So it was was even more important to me. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, I was going to ask you if you have been comfortable opening up about this, but it sounds like you have, as far as disappointment goes, just in the sense that, you know, you were bullied pretty horribly in high school. And you um, you talked about you reached, you know, 2,000 kids. you also are a school counselor to kids and clearly you're okay saying like, I, I had disappointment, like pretty, pretty severe. Um, you know, how would you say you've been comfortable? And I'm curious if you're more comfortable talking to kids than you are adults about it. 
Um, I am. I have to be careful, though, with oversharing <laughs> because yeah. I, I tend to do that uh, just because I, I feel like it's so important to know other people's stories because it. I just feel like there's somebody else that that's more than likely needing to hear it. Yeah. So I honestly, it's easier for me, though, to talk to adults about it just because it happened at a at a teenager part of my life yeah Um, so it's easier for me to talk to teens about you know the suicide aspect of it Mm -hmm. and adults about that aspect of it for kids it's easier for me to talk about the bullying issue of why it's important to uh, not be a bystander yeah I I kind of break it up a little bit of what is easy to talk to what age group but when it yeah. comes to those difficult mental health talks, high school and adults, for me, it's so easy for me to just have a conversation and just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, have dealt so so teaching um, teenagers. I have dealt, unfortunately, several times with students who. Um, you know, over the years who were suicidal or who had family members who were not necessarily them. And, um, man, it makes all the difference in the world when a, you listen, that's huge, I think. And B, you can explain how like self-worth and value, like just cannot be defined by what others do and say to you. Right. And so for you, like opening up about that, that's a big, big deal. A lot of people are uncomfortable sharing that. um, And man, that makes a huge difference. Like I'm just so impressed by anybody who's willing to open up and talk about that. Um, And I think it makes such a big difference to me just because I, like I said, I'm around teenagers all day, right? And I get so worried for them, scared. I see things and I think, gosh, I wish so badly they could hear other people say, you're not the only person going through this, like I did, or I have recently, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, my gosh, it makes such a huge difference. And you're right. And that you kind of have to gauge the age range and um, like who you're talking to your audience, right? You kind of have to fit the conversation right. to them. Right. And I, I think it's so important to, for kids to say, you know, you can be resilient and, yeah, yeah. and that this is a small portion of your story you still have a long story to write. And that, that I think back today, and I do this all the time, just reflecting, because I really try to reflect on each day. And there have been so many times when I'm reflecting and I'm just thinking, I wouldn't have a family. I wouldn't have my husband. I wouldn't have a daughter. I wouldn't have all these great experiences. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I ended it in high school. So I'm always so grateful and so thankful for that resiliency and for my mom instilling that in me as a human being. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And it, and it's got to play a role into, you know, your um, role as a mother too, and having a daughter who um, will go to high school one day. Right. Um, Exactly, and just thinking I have another one on the way. Yeah, you're going to have two daughters. I'm going to have two girls, Uh and so I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness. So with that, (laughs) I think my biggest goal with my girls is going to be just to be a good person, and academics are so important. However, being a good person and 
just being trustworthy, being there for a person that needs you and being able to pick out people, you know, if they need a friend or if they need to just talk to somebody, uh, to be that person and to not be afraid what other people think about that. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. How do you foresee, I know your daughters are going to make a huge difference in this. How do you foresee your future looking? Um, bullying has had a, an immense effect on your life, but what you've done with that, I think is even greater. So how do you see your future looking and like what, what impact do you want to have? So I'm giving you all the tea here because this is going to be something. <laughs> this is Can't a- wait. <laughs> I will, I'm going to announce this at the end of this week. Uh, only a handful of people know this, but I'm actually going to be, after seven years of education, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom for the next few years. So I'm going to stay at home for the next few years, and then hopefully my plan, once they go to school, is to go back. Um, and to be a school counselor again, and to be able to show them, my own girls, what it looks like Mm -hmm. to to be a counselor and to be able to be an advocate for students. Sure. That's great. That is my future. Yeah, no, that's great. And it's, and it's so like, again, to me, that goes back to success, right? Because there's a point for some women where they tend to like, look down, I think, on staying at home. Um, and like, I mean, we've seen that time and time again, I was really lucky. My mom was at home when I was little for, uh, I have a, a brother and a sister and, um, as a child, I mean, she was, and, um, a lot of people aren't able to do that, but it makes a huge impact. Like, it's crazy to me to think about how we do tend to think like, oh, you're just staying at home. And I think about my mother staying at home for years and I'm like, let me tell you about woman. She shaped three kids and did so much for years, right? And so, and I mean, I think you probably recognize that just in being a school counselor too. Um, so it sounds it sounds like you know this is um, certainly something that's going to have a positive effect on your family, which I think is great. Oh yeah, and that was that's that success piece for me at this point mm-hmm. in life. Success to me is going to be able to be a better mom to my girls, yeah. a better wife to my husband, to be able to be here yeah. um, and to be more present and not be so tired all the time since we can we can do that now. So yeah. it's, it's going to allow me to be more successful um, as a mom and as a wife sure. at, at this point in life. And then once my girls, you know, once they've grown up a little bit and they're uh-huh. at school, then hopefully I can go back to school with right. them and, and show them what a, a counselor looks like in action. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, this has been so good. I love, I really do love hearing stories. I love being able to talk to people. Um, I really appreciate that you're willing to share some heavy stuff, knowing that it will have an effect on people. Um, you know, it'll have a positive effect. It's really hard. I think it's difficult sometimes to, um, acknowledge that the really painful things can have a positive effect because in, you know, there's a, I don't know, something in us that's like, I wish I could just erase all that and it never happened. But if you use it for good, man, it can make a difference, you know? It truly can. And I, I've really 
that's what my go-getter personality and my determination is every day is to use what I've learned, what I've experienced. And, and every day, even I know as a stay-at-home mom, I'm going to have days where I'm ready to pull my hair out. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's, it's a part of my story. And I'm, I just think back to, you know, those big, big disappointments in life. And I'm like, I got this. This is no Yeah, it's, it's. You know, I, do it. <laughs> so it builds character. It sounds trite, but it builds character. It certainly does. It shapes you. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for sharing. And also, I'm really looking forward to interviewing your husband and getting that perspective soon, too. Yeah.